Hallelujah tonight. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised forevermore. Uh, I want to welcome you tonight to the conference for today. Uh, this is day six of this meeting. Uh, it's an online conference and we've been looking at the word of God together. I want to therefore uh, appreciate everyone who has been following and who have been participating actively in the course of this conference. Um, <clears throat> tonight we're going to build up, um, and I believe you are you are you're prepared, and um, you're set. And if you are, we're going to start tonight. I as I always do, I, I will start with 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 some preamble, and a few thoughts that is in my heart before we go into the word and delve in proper. Um, Romans chapter 12, I want to start from there tonight, because all scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. Turn with me to Romans 12, um, now I'm going to read verse 2 of Romans 12, um, Romans 12, this is the Apostle Paul writing the church in Rome, he hasn't been there before, but because of what he has heard about the church in Rome, he, he wrote to them um, in the anticipation of coming to see them. They've been saved already and um, the effort and the work in Rome got to the ears of Apostle Paul and by his apostolic uh, ministry, he chose to, wrote, to write to them, revealing to them his, uh, his theology. His, his doctrine of Christ. And Romans is one of the most detailed um, book where Paul wrote several of the doctrines of Christ. And um, But Paul was eager to come down. If you read from verse 10, say, I'm eager to come to you uh, to preach also the gospel to you in Rome. Um, so now if he says, I'm coming to preach the gospel to you in Rome, what is the gospel? We know in 1 Corinthians 15 that Christ died and rose, all right? And if they've been saved, why the need of the gospel again? Um, so you see that it is not only, only unbelievers that need to hear the gospel. Believers, you see, the gospel gets us saved. The gospel keeps us working in salvation. But let me read something interesting to you that Paul wrote to the believers who were already born again. Uh, because Paul was giving them real, real doctrinal teachings. The doctrine of sin, the doctrine of justification, of righteousness, of the law, of faith, the doctrine. Uh, you know, many things that Paul ended in, in the book of Romans. 
And if you have never read the book of Romans before, I want to encourage you to read the book of Romans from the first chapter to the end. Well, let me read verse 2. That's what I'm going tonight. But I'm, I said I was to let you know that the book of Romans was written to people who are already born again and filled with the Spirit of God. Verse 2 says, Be not conformed. Uh, the word conformed there simply means the word don't, don't come to the same pattern. Same pattern. So the reason I'm writing again to you the gospel is so that you, it will help you not to conform to the pattern of the world. So what makes people not conform to the world is actually the preaching of the word. It says, be not conformed to the world. Now the world, if you notice, the, the, the word used for world there is not the word cosmos, which means universe, but, but aeon, which means age. It means the system. So be not conformed to the systems of the world, but be ye transformed. Now he's putting the responsibility of transformation on who? On the believers. So it is your responsibility to ensure that you are fully transformed. You know, when you get to a place of work, in a new place, they'll ask you, make sure you get properly integrated. So they do you um, things or to um, arrange you onboarding or onboarding. All right, but at least the honors of integration is on you. And the earlier you integrated, the better for you and the company or your institution. So it's and be ye transformed. That means there's there's a duty on you. It's not leaving it to the church system, even though the church system has a role to play, if at all they're playing it, but you have a responsibility for your metamorphosing. Be transformed, be changed by what? The renewing. Now, the word renewing is, is, is a present continuous tense. It's a verb that shows something is continuing. That is, the, the renewal of the mind is not an instant thing. And the mind can be, can be renewed into different things. Your mind can be renewed into life, it can be renewed into death. Amen. Your mind can be renewed into grace, it can be renewed into condemnation. Your mind can be renewed into, into, into the grace of God and into, into the grace of Christ. And also it can be renewed into the works and legalism of the world. So, 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 the, so the Bible is putting the responsibility for the transformation or the renewal of your mind on you. But it says the renewal of your mind. Now the word mind here is the word news. It means your understanding. You renew it. You renew your intellect. You renew your will. So your understanding of Christ, of Christianity, needs to be word renewed. And this renewal is not an instantaneous thing. It's a thing you do consistently, regularly. Now, the reason this is important, because this is key, for you as a Christian, is that your, the, the, this renewal process makes you be able to prove 
Amen. You know, how many of you know that it's difficult to, to differentiate between one chance vehicle and no chance vehicle? When you see the vehicle coming, you know there's no one chance on it. So you are tempted to want to board it because it looks like a normal vehicle. But when you begin to prove, when you begin to study, when you begin to observe, one of the things you observe critically when you, they'll make you begin to raise red flag is if all the people in the vehicle want a man. Sometimes that won't be enough. They will have women amongst them. So sometimes it's even hard to tell, except the Spirit of God just nudges you. So the proving is, is very important. Because until your mind is renewed by the word, you can't prove the deceit of the devil. The Bible says, for, 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 for Satan has his ministers come as ministers of what? Of right. They preach of righteousness. They actually preach righteousness as a cover. They preach it once a while, but they're actually agents of Satan. So you must really be able to prove. And the word prove there means to test. You see, that means the only way you can test things in life is when your mind is constantly being renewed by the word of God. And what are you going to be testing for? That you may prove what is good, what is acceptable, and perfect. Now, some people say, these are three wills of God. No, they are, it is not three wills of God. You are either in God's will or you are not in God's will. The word good, there is the word agathos. It means benefit. It means good. It means good. good. So, agathos means good. It is agathos means a lesser will of God. No. You know, we use, we use this to, to preach three different wills of God. There is no, you are either in God's will or you are out of God's will. There's no mid God's will. Mm. The next word there, acceptable means eurostos and it means fully agreeable. Check your, your scripture. It means, it means, it means well pleasing. Does that sound the same thing as good? Yes. The thought that means perfect, it means teleos, it means complete. So that you're able to prove the complete, fully agreeable, and, and, and good will of God. Same thing. So the only way for you to prove the will of God in this generation is by the constant renewing of your mind. And the only way the mind can be renewed as a Christian is by the word of God. So the reason you ought to be listening and, um, and renewing your mind constantly to the, uh, you listen to the gospel or the word of God is because it is the only means, a way by which your mind can be renewed. If your mind is renewed, you will be able to know the will, the will of God. How many of you wants to know the will of God? Lord, show me your will. Show me your will. Show me your will. You want to marry? Is this your perfect will? Uh, you know, um, um, or, or, or your permissive will. It's either you are in God's will or you are outside God's will. There's what we call permissive will. You know, we try to want to be in the middle. God, you know, and we switch us to judge that. There's, God doesn't say, I, I, you see, when God says, 
You pray, 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 pray. And God says, no, he say, I want to do it. And you think that, that because God kept quiet, God has permitted you. No, you are just outside the will of God. There is no permissive will, no semi-permissive will. It's either you are in the will of God or you are outside the will of God. You'll be able to know the will. So when you want to know the will of God, what do you do normally as Christians? You know, you pray, you fast, you go to real to go and see. In fact, in fact, they ask you to bring pictures. Do you know the point? They ask you to bring three pictures to know which one is the will of God. You know, when, when I was growing up, I didn't know how that thing used to work. They would bring Bible, put key, tie it, who hold it while, who messed, sorry, who, who steal this granite? If it is me, Bible, turn. And Bible will turn it. Maybe, maybe we don't want to turn it to a kingdom. We don't know who turns it. But somehow the Bible will turn. And to follow somebody's head, boom. I will say that you chief. Sometimes not being chief, not being chief, but we don't. But you see, we have means to want to find out the will of God. So as a believer, what do you do? Do you bring that fleece? Lord, if this woman is my wife, let me wake up and see a woman on my way out. Uh, you will see four women. No. If this woman is for, if this job is my job, Lord, when I wake up, let Pastor be the first one to call me. No, that's not how God leads us. We ought to be able to know the will of God. And how do you know the will of God? By the word of God. Period. Everything that God will have you want to know is being, is being, is being revealed to us in his word. And that's why it's important for you to always listen to sound biblical teaching because it reveals and renews your mind. You see, prayer outside the word of God is not sufficient to show you the will of God. I've had somebody, in a, I went to a meeting and, and, and the pastor said that somebody came to me and said, Pastor, I left that church because they don't pray. They only do word, 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 word. And I, I, I want to pray. So she, 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 she he, the person left the place of the of word for prayer. Here they pray only prayer, no teaching, no Bible. They just use one person's name and start praying. Now that's two wrong extremes. When you actually stay in the word, it will guide you into all truth. And praying is one of the truths of God. But you can't stay in praying alone and expect to find the will of God because the will of God actually is centered on the word. Because if you stay in that place alone, your mind is full of many things already. And so you can be led by your mind thinking it's God. So the only way by which the Lord can lead you is when that your mind is full or is filled with God's word. It leads you by that. Let me say this tonight as I make progress in this conference as we grow. The spirit of the age is not resting. Is always seeking to renew the minds of people. Now, somebody said that from primary one, or sorry, from not from kindergarten to Genesis one, a child has exposed to fourteen thousand hours of of teaching, of influencing the mind. Imagine that fourteen thousand hours of people bombarding the mind. Now, 
look at your own life. How is your mind being bombarded? What is the purpose of the bombardment? Is to influence your thinking. Is to shape your life. And so the spirit of the age is not resting at all. They are working daily. And the purpose of this work is for the influence. And sometimes it's always subtle. You know, I mean, you know that there are, there are, there are new movies every day. <laughs> there are new album released every day. There are several innovations every day. In fact, do you know that there are new posts on Facebook every day? That's why, that's why you are always going there to, to do what? To check the, the, the latest posts. That's why it was wake up in the morning, the first will check what, what, what is new that's happening. And that will, will determine the trajectory of your life for that day. So the new post. Do you know that some of you see, ah, kill man shall when you're gone. Show me, shame Three of us. And I just told you, kill someone. And then you are there one hour. Oh, God. Are you in Pakistan? Some people are laughing right now. That's, that, that's what you do in the morning to start your day. You are checking people's post. You know, it's, it's daily. And then it's a daily thing that you, you do religiously. And you don't know that this post is orchestrated to influence you outside God. And if you keep doing this, God can never have enough material to leave you. You can't trust your heart. So when you say, I've prayed, I have peace in my heart. No, your heart can be disabled. There's no peace without God's word. So you see new posts on Facebook. In fact, sometimes you won't post the post yourself. Do you know you post daily? Sometimes to be noticed. Do you know that there's always new status? Is that what they call it? On, on WhatsApp. Do you know people watch people's, even pastors watch people's, people's status. They do it, it's, it's routine. They no data, they go and buy data because it's new. They want to know what's happening in somebody's life. What is your own with somebody else's life? Do you check the latest post of the world like this every day? Do you check God's word like this every day? Do you know every day there are new DPs? So you want to check what DP they've added today. In fact, right now, there's, there's, there's Facebook DP. I, I've just been told. I didn't even know that one exists. Facebook post, I mean DP. Status, they are there. And so, you are always checking. In fact, when you check somebody's phone, the person will take you somebody else's post. From there, you keep sharing, they'll keep, I don't know what they call it, copying and tag. So, as a tag, so, no, the person tagged me, and I retag. I don't tag, I'm, I'm both tag. Retag. You see, it's just like that. And every day, because you are watching somebody else's phone, you also want to do your own. So, we will see you, and then you tag yourself. This is, this is such a God. Your mind is being programmed away from God. This is the spirit of the age. That believers must be conscious of. 
You know Instagram posts. Sometimes, sometimes you know you are being stupid because what you are doing actually is relevant. But because something, in fact, you don't even know what is pushing you. It's devil. <laughs> Let me explain to you what is pushing you to want to be on Instagram. I don't want to see what's happening. I want to just see picture. I want to post my own post too. It's not God. As a believer, you must check yourself. Because God cannot do much with you if your vessel is not sanctified and purified. Now, I just heard there's one called Netflix. The one they do movies. Is it Netflix? I call it. That was, you know, in fact, I heard that it's on phone. So you can watch movies. You don't need TV anymore. Unlimited access. And then it says, want our own error. <laughs> it's want our own error. You know what I'm saying tonight? Because we need to be conscious. This is the spirit. Be not conformed to this age. But be it transformed. That he may be able to prove. So the reason you can't still prove. Your left from your right. Because you are engulfed with the principles of this age. And God is asking tonight. Break it. Only thing Israel is doing in this our age to engender his agenda is to get us fully distracted and we excuse it as part of the things that is permissible. Do you know that boys, girls, bishops, clergy, lady, all are prone to this? No wonder there's so much weakness and laxity and, and lasciviousness and, 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 and less boldness to confront sin in churches today. There's no zeal to confront, to confront evil because, because evil is already in the house itself. But God is saying to us, as we make progress in this, in this bid for us to, to, to come to know him more, we need to examine these things as we grow in this conference. Because once our hearts get filled with the word, once our hearts get filled, rather with the spirit of the age, we can never be led by the spirit of God. Because he has nothing with which to lead us. Once your heart is filled with these things I've said, we can you see it's, it's practically impossible. Because the Holy Spirit leads us by his word. Jesus said in John 16, from verse 13, he said, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will do what? He will guide you into all the truth. Now hold on. What is all the truth? The word of God. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is what? So how does this guide us? By the sanctified word, which is what? The word of God. So the Holy Spirit cannot lead you. He can If sometimes he will speak to you, but you won't hear. Because your heart is unrenewed. So it's impossible to be led. 
We can never, once our heart is not renewed, we can never desire and become hungry for God. Because there will be nothing to trigger that hunger. It's like somebody taking money for me so you can eat. The reason you take it so that you can induce hunger. But when it's not there, you can't be hungry. A renewed heart is a heart that desires God. God, the Holy Spirit has tools to help you with. To desire God. Let me run tonight. When our heart is not fully renewed as a church, and guess what? Satan doesn't want our hearts renewed because we cannot pose any threat to him. In any case, he is sitting at the center of our lives. Because he's the one who will you around. How many times has the Spirit of God led you? How many times have you responded to God by, 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 oh, the Lord just prompted me that to read the word and you obey? How many times in your life have you noticed that? How many times have you said the Lord asked me to pray? How many, how many times have you said the Lord I'm going to call someone and check on him or her? How many times have the Lord led you and responded? But guess what? How many times have you felt like go and play draft? You just go, mm, and listen, man, I won't go play draft. I won't go watch ball. I won't go play. I just want, I'm just saying to you, how many times have you been led? And if you are a child of God, the Spirit of God ought to be working in and through you. Am I saying you have time for leisure? Of course, no. But you know the meat of what I'm saying tonight. If the spirit of the age, if your heart is not renewed, you will always be presenting your bodies to the to devil. He says, he says, he says, Romans 12, 1. He says, he says, I beseech brethren by God's mercies to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Listen, when your heart is not renewed unto God, you can't present your bodies to God. The more you are exposed to the word, that's the tool that the Lord used to help guide and guide you through life. It is in your interest to desire deep and intimate Bible studies like this. Intimate Bible teaching like this. Because it's profitable unto you. Don't wait until you are pushed. When I got born again, sometime in 1992, I just had a desire. The one thing I've seen, folks, that, that anyone that has the Spirit of God in him working, the Spirit of God will always prompt you to righteous cravings, righteous desires. So you must begin to, to reorder your heart, to reprogram your mind. And guess what? It is your responsibility. And, and, and tonight, don't, sh don't, 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 don't push this word aside. Don't shove it aside. Begin to ask, Lord, how can I? What can I do? Help me, Lord, that I may, I may, I, I, I begin to realize my, my purpose in you.
Let me read tonight. If you can help me read, show me tonight in the Amplified Version of the Bible. Philippians chapter 3, verses from verse from verse from verse 10. Philippians 3, from verse 10. If you can find us between the Amplified, please help me. Philippians 3, from verse 10. I want to read from verse 10 through 12. Philippians 3, from verse 10 through 12. I want to read something out to you there tonight. So you can find your purpose in Christ. And this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding, understanding the, the, the remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and in the same way experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows as active in believers, that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even into his death, uh, so that I may attain to the resurrection that will raise me from the dead. Not that I'm already obtained it, this goal of being Christ like or have already been made perfect, but I actually press on so that I may take hold. Hold on, I might take hold. I might take hold. There's something you have to take hold. Of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. That means there is a perfection, there is a perfection, child of God, that Christ took hold of you for, and He wants you to take hold of that perfection. First Corinthians 1:18. Why do we preach Christ in this conference? For the preaching of the cross. I love that word. The preaching of. Now we hear what cross means Christ. For the preaching of Christ. To them. That are not saved. Is what? Foolishness. Now who do you preach Christ to? You preach Christ to unbelievers. And you see for them. We also preach Christ to believers. That's why you cannot say, ah, why are we doing Christology? We should be doing six principles of, of, of independent attainment. Your, my best life is yet to come. When, when am I breaking through this program? Have I broken through? Is the door? All kinds of silly things that we do in church. But hear what it says there. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. The word Moria, it means silliness. But unto us which are saved. Someone say saved. Saved. No, no. Saved means we be saved already. But we still need Christ and the word preached to us again. Because when Christ is preached to us again, he becomes the power of God unto salvation. To us who are saved, we preach Christ again. Paul said, we preach Christ crucified to the Gentiles and to the saved. So there's something about the preaching of Christ in the church. So the central message of the church in our age that God is building is the preaching of Christ and Christ alone. And this means by Christ we get saved, by Christ we continue in the faith. Christ is preached to those who are not saved. 
to those who are saved also, he's been preached also again. So, so that means you can hear this gospel over and over and over again. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so yesterday we began to look at Isaiah 55. Sorry, Isaiah 53. That is the, the, the prophecy of the Messiah. And we saw how Christ fulfilled the prophecy. And so our faith in, 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 in Jesus is just, is, just, is just in tandem with the exact will of God because it was fully prophesied. Jesus did not just come crashing. He did not come by accident. He came as a deliberate, intentional Messiah that God sent to the world. The next point on the raise is the attestation. The, the, the four things I want us to look at in the death of this Jesus, because the death is not, it's not, it's not normal. One want to look first and foremost that is of the blood, two is on prophecies, three. The attestation. Now why we look at all this is to engender your faith in righteousness. And to see the full scale of what Christ had done. You know, when Jesus was crucified it was crucified for the sins of men and he hung on the cross for about six hours thereabout and while he was on the cross people were passing by many mocking him like we read in Isaiah 53, and some said, if you are the Messiah, I said, look at him, you claim you can, you, you can raise the dead, now save yourself. And all kinds of accusations, all kinds of words. And notice that people, especially the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin, had made up their mind to, to wipe his name off the history because it was a threat to their kingdom. And so they were trying to find out if he indeed was a son of God. And they did everything in the process of his crucifixion to humiliate him. You know, like the world today, people are actually humiliating Jesus. People are allowing him to be evil spoken of by their, by their wrong lifestyles. And so this don't knew it happened. And everybody was afraid. They asked even Peter, are you, are you, are you one of him? He denied him. 
Words have gone out that he that claimed to be the Messiah is being killed right now. And everybody, nobody wanted to, to identify with him. The Romans were in the forefront. Trying to do all they can. You know. But God wanting to vindicate Jesus. Hallelujah. Proved all men wrong. For the same man that spoke contrary to Jesus began to eat their very words. Paul wrote, he says, great is the mystery of godliness. The same man that spoke ill of Jesus began to eat their own words. Hallelujah tonight. Before I go on, let me, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 27. The person that was given charge to, to see to Christ's crucifixion was a Roman centurion. And the centurion actually hands over a hundred soldiers with him. So there was a Roman centurion. So most probably and most likely, there were all, almost a hundred soldiers at Christ's crucifixion. If a centurion was the one that led the thing, now I wasn't there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking based on, on what I know of, of how the, the 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 military operates. And so they were all there. These soldiers were watching Jesus dying on the cross. And God wanted to vindicate Jesus just to guarantee and assure you. Hallelujah. Just like God has guaranteed our salvation by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 1 13, 14. God wanting to guarantee you, their friend. God wants to assure us. God wants to wants it to be recorded in history that no, no, this is a song. So that it's not it's not in ambiguity. You know, Paul was writing. In Galatians, but he was talking about 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 covenants. He said, when 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 two men are in argument, he says he says, and one gives an oath. He said, the oath is an end of all strife. God wanted to end the strife, to end the fear in your heart. Amen. He wants to assure you. He wants he wants you to come to the point of you you have come beyond reasonable doubt. That's why God did this for you. He gave you this important sign by this attestation. Now I'm saying this tonight to let you know God has done everything possible for you to know that Christ is the Messiah and He has saved you. And if you have put your faith in Him, then nothing on earth is strong enough. You are standing on the most solid grounds on earth. 
centurion saw something beyond that he has never seen before. The reason Jesus was crucified was because he claimed to be the son of God, which he was. But the, the people in authority, both in the religious circle and in the physical circle, did not want to believe that. They put him to death because of blasphemy, because he claimed to be the son of God. So is he really the son of God? God wanted to rest the case. God wanted to end all controversy. So we don't we don't live in was he was he not? What we heard was that he was not, or someone came to pick him up, or they came to exchange him. No, but the centurion who was the chief supervisor of the crucifixion saw something, and it was recorded. Matthew 27 verse 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, you see that? I don't know how many were with him, but I can, I can postulate that there will be no less than 100 because he's a centurion. And they that were with him, when with him, watching Jesus, saw the, what? Earthquake. And those things which were done. So there was earthquake and there were things which were done. So was it tonight? There was undeniable earthquake. God did that to convince the centurion and leave the last word about his son before the son died. So they can be testimony that indeed this is the son of God who has become the propitiation for the world. Amen tonight. When they saw, when they saw the things that, 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 that were done, they feared greatly, saying, before I said what they said, what did they see? And guess what? The Lord did not only remain in the realm of, 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 the, of, the, of the leaders in politics of the day in the He also went to speak to those in the religious circle. You know, in our day, there's so much talk. In fact, the way the church carries on is like it's, it, 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 it's, it's as though the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus is not enough. The way we live life as believers, we live life so much in carnality and, 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 and the likes. But, 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 but God spoke to those in, in authority and both those in the, in the religious cycle. To those in authority, this is general soul. And said, truly, this is the son of God. What did he see? One, he saw earthquake. The earthquake he had not seen. Listen, that the, that the earthquakes in history, but this one did not happen at Calvary. He knew this earthquake is particularly because of what had just happened. There was darkness for like three hours in the whole earth. Imagine the whole city in darkness. Hallelujah. Darkness at 3 p.m. Darkness because Christ died at, at about 3. So, so from, from like 12 to 3 p.m. He was on the cross from 9. From 9 to 3. For like 6 hours. But from like 12 till 3. 
there was darkness on the land. This unusual, this is a sign of God above the price. God confirming to the world that this Jesus is the Christ. Because if you don't know me sometimes, you might just think that Christ is one of the prophets. No, God proved beyond a doubt, beyond a shadow that this Jesus is not one of the prophets. This Jesus is the Messiah. This Jesus is not Buddha, it's not Krishna, it's not Muhammad, it's not, it's not, it's not, I don't know what other names are. It's not, it's beyond them actually. This Jesus is from heaven. At this crucifixion, there was darkness in the heart for three hours. I was earthquake. And for the Roman to say this is the Son of God truly, what he has seen was beyond him. Beyond this, the Bible says, and when Christ said it is finished, the temple cutting turned from top to bottom, and, and the priests all ran out. Hallelujah. Because the real priest has entered his temple, glory to God. Every human priest had to run out of the temple, because if you don't, if, if you don't run, you all can meet you there. So the order of the priesthood of Aaron ended when the temple was torn. God is saying, I have torn away the kingdom. I have shifted my attention. It's no longer from the Levitical priesthood. It's now from the priesthood according to Jesus. This was evident. The cutting of the temple was torn from top to bottom. God tore all the old order. Because of Jesus. When the Pharisees and, the, and, and, and those of the priesthood came first at all, when they saw that, they knew something had happened. Though they have gone back to saw another one, but that mark, that, that, that incident had been there forever. So the old priesthood, the old order of incense, the old Turari, the old sacrifice, the whole equity. All those things they do to appease God have been fulfilled in Christ once and for all. All those garments they wear, all the urim and tulim, all the, the, the vestry, all the cap, whatever they wear has been done away with when that cutting was done from top to bottom. God said, this is the end of this era. said it is finished. So truly this is the son of God. Brethren, people that had no Jewish heritage, if they could identify the truth about Jesus being the son of God, how much more you that received him by faith in your spirit. So it's in history that even heathen the heathen and the so-called religious group confess him to be Lord because of the vindication of God. So God vindicated Jesus. Why did he do so? Because he knew there will be controversy in history about who Jesus is. And that's why they said when he died and buried him, they said no, they came to stone him. And says, this is the story in Israel till today. But God 
through his own power vindicated and showed the world that no, despite these stories going around, this Jesus, this Jesus is the way. You must let this word sink in your spirit. When those times of fear and doubt arise in your heart, tell yourself, this Jesus is the Son of God. His death tore the temple. He ended the old order. The things that were hiding in the Holy of Holies became exposed to all. That now everyone that can believe in Him through faith will receive the gift of the Spirit. What was behind the temple was the, was the presence of God. And when Christ died, that presence left that temple and now dwells in the temple which is us. So the death of Jesus guaranteed the indwelling presence of the Spirit and of the Father in you. The death of Jesus guaranteed the indwelling the, the S-word presence in the Holy of Holies moved out of the temple made hands now to the temple made by God. So the Holy Spirit now dwells in you and I through the work of Jesus on the cross. And if it dwells in you and I, then you must know that you are carrying a holy God. That's why he says, for you are not of your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God where in your bodies. You are meant to glorify God. Your life must bring him glory right now. You mustn't be seeking for your own glory. He has become your glory. But now he's asking you that your life must bring him glory. So the attestation, the universe, and the centurion, and even the, those of the house of the high priest attested to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, sometimes believers are very, very oblivious that the Spirit of God dwells in them. But if the Word of God says the Holy Spirit dwells in you, He dwells there. But the degree to which is active in you is dependent on your response to Him. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in every believer. But the degree to which is active and actively leading, guiding, helping you is dependent on your on, on the level of your response to him. But there's no way you can respond to the Spirit of God without you being a person, a man, a woman of the world. So this is the reason we always come back to the word of God. So folks, that God wants to lead us. God wants to empower us. 
fact, his spirit already dwells in us. But 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 the degree to which we see his work, his work, his, his work, his power in evangelism, his power in our life is dependent on how much we yield to him. And how did he come to us? Because of what Christ did in Calvary. The fourth point tonight. What the death accomplished. Praise God. What the death accomplished. Now, for every time something is done, it's done for a purpose. And the death of Jesus accomplished something. Why? Why would God, you know, want him to die? Why would God want him to be to be bruised? What did the death accomplish? You know, I once heard of a story. I don't really know how true that story is. Maybe it's just it's just something that was uh, maybe it's just an anecdote. That there was once a man who came, who uh, was traveling from town A to town B, and um, when he got to the bus stop, he was carrying a luggage, and then on his head, and somebody said, "Oh, you feel that? He got a certain feel that he should enter the vehicle, he entered the pickup, and then okay, I think it was a movie it was some years ago, and the person entered the pickup and sat down for a long time carrying the luggage on his head." They drove a long distance and he kept, you know, when you're carrying heavy luggage, once your head is soaking, soak your head is entering, you, you slightly pushed up to readjust, to take the weight off for a while. So he was there, carrying the boarding, and there was, there was, there was space in the pickup. But it was reload, every gallop, the thing was arrested, and then the driver then stopped to check something there, and he saw it, ah, he should drop the load now. He said, no, that the, the money he paid, they say, is for him alone. That's not for the loot. What a story. You know, someone, a story I heard, someone was traveling in the aircraft and then he was to be, he, he, his, his ticket was bought for him and then, and then it was a first class ticket. And then when they were, they brought meal in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the aircraft and then, and then others were eating um, uh, you know, the number of puff, um, um, pastry, um, um, egg roll, and the, and the small drink. So, and it's the carton. And then the man brought one big wine with tree and real meal. He said, No, it's not eating, you know, that's not eating, you know, that in his heart, he said, It's a bad time to eat. So, uh, they, they don't increase the gas fee when he uh, arrives. And there's no water for himself. But you should give him, you should give him normal pastry. That one is for everybody. That, that is money we want your job that all of us who cover they said no it's what they said it was all fighting then that strong is in the and so you see how sometimes we we've been we've been we've been wired to think so when the bible says god is our father it's difficult to comprehend what did the death of jesus accomplish for us Let me say this tonight. Turn again to, turn to Romans chapter number 5. Let's read verses 1 to 4. Therefore, 
justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and by whom we also have access by faith into this one we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory also in tribulation, knowing that tribulation work in patience, and patient experience, and experience hope, and hope make it not ashamed because the love of God has been shed and brought in our heart by the Holy Ghost given to us earlier tonight. Why would God give up Jesus? What did the death accomplish unto us? You see, someone made a, a statement that, that man originally, you know, falls into or the, 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 the death that Jesus paid on the cross for sin was in threefold. Is the one he paid for for the original sin. Now that sin is the sin that Adam fell into. And two, he paid for the imputed sin. The sin that came by the law of Moses. He said for sin was imputed unto us. Three, the committed sin. That means the sin we commit as believers. And someone said that the, the, the death of Jesus accomplished the propitiation and atonement for all the categories of sin. But let me say this tonight. One of the things that Jesus' blood paid for is the, is the absolute and total remission of the sins of man. Jesus became our propitiation not for us alone, but for the sin of harmony of the whole world. And because of sin, death came. So if Jesus handled sin, then death also is being destroyed. So no one should be afraid anymore of death. And the major tool that death uses is fear. You know, we are prone to be, to be fearful of everything. Some people are fear of, they, they, they are scared of marriage. And you know, they are, they are made for everything that will fear. If you are, if you are afraid of fights, what do you call it? Hydrophobia. No, there's a name for it. There's fear of darkness. There's fear of heights. There's fear of animal. There's fear of water. There's fear of, of, of fish. Aquaphobia. There's fear of land. Terrisphobia. There's fear of um, rotimi. Rotiphobia. Sorry. There's fear of everything. In fact, fear of cockroach. Fear of rats. Fear of cats. Someone said, what is the cat? Their head will swell. <laughs> fear of cow. There's fear of everything. Someone said, fear of marriage. Because who married? And marriage doesn't work. I don't want to marry. So I fear, so I'm afraid of accidents. So as they're traveling, they start doing Sadaka. They start doing Sadaka, so they don't die. That it's on their head that the that that, that the uncle will come. There's also the 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 the, the power, the grip of death is fear. So I'm not afraid to go to school. They are afraid to travel out of the country. They are afraid to go to the so some fear is some people now before their village. I know someone. Village is a no-go area. They are on my right hand side. 
Some folks are afraid of the village. They said the witches in the wall are residents in their village. That they eat everybody up and when you get to the village, there are many folks in the village that have not died. Fear of children. There's all kinds of fear. And this is the power of, of death. Holding people in hostage. Why are you afraid of village? Why are you afraid of, 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 of traveling? Afraid of water? Afraid of darkness? If I was afraid of too much light. All kinds of things you are made for here. But guess what? The death of Jesus conquered every of these fears. Hallelujah. Some of them are afraid to sleep. I saw a report a few days ago about somebody in the country that has not slept for 40 years. I don't know how that is. I saw it. This is a, I saw the report. That was not slept for 40 years. But Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Being made the cause for us. You have no reason to fear anymore. You have no reason. Hebrews 2.14 For as much as the children have partaken in flesh and blood, he also partook of the same. Because if you understand this, you will stop going to those virgins for prayer. Because the reason you go there is already because there's something making you afraid. It's a family problem. The father died of this. So it's a generational cause. We must break it. Ancestral covenant. There's an altar in our village. That's what there's one who says his own ministry is on altar. He said he, he, he God called him to break altars. So so the altar that Christ broke was not enough that, that he has, he, he's now becoming an ancestor of Christ to break to break the very one that Christ couldn't break. What an insult. We must come to the point where we understand these things. So, like, Pastor, are you saying there's no witch and wizard? They are there. But how are they finding you? If Christ is living in you, Satan will not come near where you are. And because God will give you the strength and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the knowledge to you know how to tackle it, in any case, by the word of God. So, what he did for us, he broke the power of sin and death. And therefore, there's no more fear in our lives again. Three things that I want to look at here that we read in Romans that the block that, that the death of Christ did for us. One, the Christ's death brought about peace with God. Therefore, now being just by faith, now we can't be justified without the death. Because it's a death that brought about our Lord. Justification. So, so that brought us peace with God. So, one thing it means is that right now you have peace with God. You know, I remember when I was growing up, it's my mom that that uh, my mom and I that always used to fight. Or, or no, that fights me. Or I fight. I don't know which one. Like Paul said, he said, he said, now that you you have known God, yeah, rather. That is none of you, so I don't know who fights who, but I know we're always at issues. And and once she has beaten me blue black, I'll run to somebody that I know. So they will always bring me back home. As I bring me back, I will stay, I will stay far. 
The man who went that one, one who stay, and we talk to her, and she will wash it. We, what we, tap tap you all to Baba we. So, I'll be in the distance. I won't come yet. I'll be watching the signal if really. If I see her eye, if he does, yet, uh, <laughs> I won't come. But, but, uh, the day somebody came to bed, I just was going. I said, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> he said, How did he go? Ah, I won't go. <laughs> because even as he goes, I have heard that. But most times, most times, she will, she will, she, she will eat the bread, and then, and then, but see, somebody came to mediate, and peace is restored. And how do I know she has really gone? She will not say, "Lord, go to your kitchen." Uh -huh. If I didn't hear that, mm, I won't go. But what you say, Lord John? Once you say, you don't see. I know it's not God. But when I say, Lord John, I say yes. I know the peace has come. Praise God. You see what Jesus did. He, he he came to to pay the price. What, what what took us away from God? Now we can fully go back to God in full confidence because we now have peace with Him. Jesus is our mediator. He did a mediatorial um, 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 uh, uh, atonement for us. So Bible says we have peace. So one thing that His death did is that now we have peace with God. So don't live as though you are an enemy with God. Live as though you have peace with him, for indeed you have. Two, his death brought rejoicing in hope. Verse 2 says, it says, I'm rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. This rejoicing of the hope of the glory of God is a rejoicing of the return of Jesus back again on earth. It means though that for every believer that confess Jesus, he's coming back for them one more time. So the dead guarantees are going home with Jesus when he comes back in the rapture. Rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. So the dead, look at it from, from verse 1. Romans 5 said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom else we have? I said, by faith, it is the one we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So, what is the hope of the glory of God? The returning of Jesus back on earth. So, the death of Jesus. Is the reason for our rejoicing. Is the death of Jesus that separates us from the world. Is the death of Jesus that gives us the, the assurance that when Christ comes back, as he has promised in his word, we are going with him back home. Three. I'm trying to begin the close. The death of Jesus. Guarantees strength for us now to go through every challenge or difficulty that we encounter on this earth. The death of Jesus gives us strength to push through and press through. His death gives us strength to withstand every onslaught the devil might bring on our way. 
His death did not promise us to live in an utopia. No, we are in this world. But as we live in Him, we are strengthened through every situation we go through. Verse 3. And not only so, but we also glory in words, in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worked patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. So we see that His death that we see gives us the strength to go through. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said, For there is no temptation taking you, such as is not common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be beyond what you can bear. And with the same trial, also make it a way of escape for you. By who? By Christ Jesus. So, we have strength to go through. We rejoice also in tribulation. Why? Because now Christ has died. We can go through it with all strength and come out of it on space. Showing the triumph and the victory of God. So we're going to close tonight. What the death has accomplished. You know, sometimes what 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 makes us go for some prayers and some and some and some prophets because of so-called challenges. But it says here that by the death of Jesus we are strengthened. He empowers us. He empowers the church. So the church should not don't, don't start finding escape routes. Every time you, you are faced with a trial, the test of your faith, God wants to strengthen you. He wants to prove the victory of Jesus, the strength of Jesus in you, walking in you. Things and walking, we should walk down. Don't throw in the towel. Don't, don't, don't change your, your, your commitment to God. Don't say right now, if, if today I'm son of God, where, where is God? Where is my God? What of that? Let him ask where is your God. He will prove himself. The death of Jesus guarantees us strength in times of trials, in times of persecution, in times of worldly opposition. It is that knowledge, that fact that Christ had died and he died to strengthen you. He died to empower you. He died that his spirit might live in you. He died that you might do the work of him who has sent you. It gives you the confidence to keep going in the face of opposition. Having therefore been delivered by the death, don't go back again to the beggarly elements. Don't let sin rule over you anymore. Romans 6, verse 6 and 7. It says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should no longer live to serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Knowing that right now he had died, we must not go back again to the Bengali elements of the world. We must no longer allow sin to rule over our lives. Consciously know that. We must not allow rules and observances to take, to take preeminence. 
Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9 says, Now after ye have known God, or rather ye are known of him, how again turn ye to the beggarly elements of the world, whereunto you desire again to be bondage. There are things we mustn't go back into anymore. Why? Because he has died for us. Don't return again to the things of darkness. Now that he has died for us, let's stop doing things that, that, that have occultic orientations. He has died for us. He has accomplished our victory. Don't let's go back again to the beggarly elements of the world. Don't go back to sin again. Don't let men tell you to, to worship angels. Not to eat meat. Not, not to eat cow meat or not. No, 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 no. Stay in the grace of God. The liberty which Christ has made us free. Having known this tonight, we must not as believers engage in the things of darkness. Things that pertain into occultic practices. Ephesians 5. Verses 11 through 12. Let's read tonight as I begin the close. We must not. The knowledge of Christ brings to bear our sanctification. Ephesians 5. I read from verse 11. Tonight. The preaching of the, of, of the cross brings us to a point where we are sanctified. God separates us unto himself. Ephesians 5, 11. And I read from here. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. For but all things that are reproved or exposed are manifest by light. For whatever doth manifest is light. The things are done in secret. Have no more fellowship with darkness. Don't do horoscope. Don't do palm reading. Don't 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 visit 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 occultic priests. Don't visit Habalis, Islamic clerics. That times our parents will tell us, ah, <clears throat> it's just it's, it's, it's one Baba. They define them as Baba. Who is the Baba? Ah, that he's just a good person. That is just he's just he's just prayer. That is prayer. He's just prayer. Folks, be careful where you enter now. Haven't been saved. He's a prophet. He's a he's a he's a man of God. I told you of, of a story of a prophet called Prophet Tai. My wife told me about the prophet. Somebody in our family went to the prophet. You see, people go to the prophet. They still go to tomorrow. And these people are elders in the church. In fact, they are deaconesses. It happened in real life. In Yoruba, they call them Keoma Yaujule. And these are people that they will call to lead prayer. These are people that buy gifts for pastors. Some gifts and you start opening up the spirit to see. And this prophet, 
before he prays, he will drink two bottles of palm oil, two bottles first, and then he will bring it to him. After bringing palm oil, two bottles, his spirit story, he starts seeing vision. Ashifi nomi, legiti. There's one they go to, they call her Yadra. You, you see, you are, sometimes it's just innocent, it's naive, it's your friend. You know, she just prays. In fact, it's not even a prophet. It's just a he, he, he sees things. Be careful who sees. You don't know what means by which they see. This one don't see daylight. She's in a coven. But once she sees, she, she, she starts seeing things. Be careful. Now that Christ has saved us, be careful when you go to for prayers. Or even who prays for you. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. The cross has taken care of all things. For we are now completing him. Who is the head of all principalities. Colossians 2 verse 10. You are complete child of God. You are complete child of Zion. The cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. The church is founded on Christ. Not on what men wear as priests. For the old priesthood he's been done away with. Now he has given the church pastors and teachers that they may be defined to grow. But tonight, the responsibility for your transformation and conforming to Christ is on you. Tonight, I want you to make up your mind to press in more and say, Lord, I want more of you. Help me to find you in the world. You can't really succeed and please the Lord in this age and time if you are not giving absolutely if you don't give quality time to study the word you cannot be led by him you can't know when men are trying to deceive you you can't know when 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 Satan is planning something when his wives are coming it's only by God's word that you can you can decipher and know who wants to wants to betray you or who wants to cheat you or who wants to deceive you it's by God's word get your heart healed come to the understanding of what Christ has done what his death has accomplished. He has given us peace with God. Brought us joy of salvation and the hope of the glory of God. His death has broken the power of death and sin. His death also guarantees our inner strength in times of difficulty for we rejoice also in tribulation because now we have the strength to go through it because of what he done what he did on the cross of Calvary. Paul said 
being preached to those who are not saved is foolishness. But to us who have been saved, he is the power of salvation and the power of God. Jesus is a gift of God to the world to bring us out and set us at liberty and set us free that we enjoy all that is grace has been available to us as we walk through this life we work in hope we work in faith we work in boldness we work in confidence of him no more in the fear of death in the fear of things in the fear of our hometowns in the fear sometimes even of our parents No more fear, because perfect love, which is Christ Jesus, cast out every fear. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise. Thank you, God. Let's please do again one more time tonight to reveal more of yourself to us through preaching. Thank you, God, by the understanding of who you are and who Christ is, Lord. We understand the victory that we now have. And therefore, every spirit of fear and death hanging around due to ignorance from tonight from tonight we are free thank you for boldness and strength thank you for understanding and grace thank you for your anointing and power for everyone tonight listening every cloud of ignorance is lifted and we all come to the full knowledge of the Son of God. Thank you, Father. We walk in your victory. We walk in your grace. We are no more under bondage of anyone. But we walk in the liberty, in the liberty of the Spirit. Thank you, God. Because your Holy Spirit dwells in us. Assuring us. Guiding us. Leading us. And keeping us in your will. We bless your name. Even now and forever. For you are strengthening your church. And you are strengthening your people. Bringing us to deeper depth of fellowship and understanding of you. So we can be fully equipped and be able to share the good news of Christ to our world. And as we ourselves live and work out that good news, even now and always. Let's be only forevermore for thanksgiving. 
Jesus precious name we pray someone said Amen thank you tonight for listening we'll see you again tomorrow same time and then on Sunday will be a great time in God's presence thank you tonight God bless you have a blessed night first in Jesus name Amen <laughs>